you're listening to the Doncast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. And it's been a bit of a hiatus for us, mate. We, um, we had our last podcast uh, reviewing the game against the Doggies uh, when we went down in the final. And yeah, none, you know, it's, we've got to say there's been a lot happened over the coming months after that. But um, mm. yeah, what have you been up to, mate, uh, that you can share with the listeners? Yeah, plenty, mate. I mean, I suppose, you know, after that, after that loss, you know, we did the review pretty soon after. Uh, but I think for, you know, our emotional well-being, mate, uh, needed to take a bit of time away. Now it was, uh, uh, it was good to, um, you know, take a bit of time away and just, um, I suppose that's the one good thing about, you know, when your side is out of the finals, you can just enjoy footy for what it is. And look, mate, um, looking back, that grand final was an absolute cracker um, between the doggies and the D's. You know, obviously would have loved to be there, but um you know, just watching that game and, you know, not really having a dog in the fight, you could just sit back and enjoy it. And, and what a spectacle it was. Um, you know, that second quarter, you know, you thought doggies had them and the Ds came back. And uh, then that third quarter from the Ds, they uh, just put them to the sword. And it was just um, fantastic footy to see. Um and, and from there, you know, I guess, you know, life just just happens. We, we'd sort of plan to do a... Um, you know, a bit of a review of the season and all the rest of it. But, uh, yeah, life, life uh, comes in and, um, yeah, time goes past. But we thought, you know, following the draft, we'd, we'd get back into it. But, yeah, look, first of all, mate, I actually want to do a bit of a shout-out, if I could. Um, so a shout-out to Brendan from the Broad Beach Football Club up on the Gold Coast there. Very happy, very happy, rather, to have you as a listener, mate. Uh, and it's a beautiful part of the world you live in. I've, uh, I've got a mate up there, Jamie, uh, Daniel, who uh, yeah, he's not bad as far as far as Richmond supporters go, and uh, up that area we you know, we've run the Gold Coast Running Festival last few years, uh, and in fact that that uh, event happened just yesterday, Jane. So uh, congrats to Dan on running the twenty five k event, and uh, thanks again, Brendan, for listening. Um, glad to hear someone's listening to us out there, mate. And uh, yeah, hope you enjoy the show, and certainly there'll be uh, plenty more next year. But hopefully this tides you over for the time being. Um, before we get into it, mate, did you want to um, say anything or are you happy to go straight into the news? Yeah, I well, like only that um, when you were discussing about the grand final, I guess, you know, for us long-suffering Bomber fans who have been, you know, wanting final success or at least a winner final would be nice. Um, <laughs> I guess you only have to look at Melbourne a couple of years ago. You know, they looked like, you know, soulless footy club, um, you know, they, you know, they made that prelim and then had a shocking year the following one. Mm. And it just goes to show that um, you just never know when your time will come. So you live in hope. Um, and now, like Melbourne, look invincible, you know, at the moment. Um, but, you know, things can change. So, uh, yeah, whilst I wouldn't say we've had our biggest pre-season you know, in terms of additions, um, I will say that... Um, yeah, we are pointing in the right direction. That's a, you know, I strongly feel that way. So, yep. yeah, um, yeah, looking forward to discuss some of those changes now. Absolutely, mate. Um, you know, before we get into the who um, who came in, I think it's uh, important to acknowledge those who've departed the club. Um, so, from a coaching level, uh, Dan Jordan. You know, he's been at the 
he was at the club for about seven years or so. You know, he uh, coached the VFL side, then came in, coached the mids, and, uh, you know, most recently was our forwards coach. Um, yeah, great Essen in person, and uh, Dan Jordan, but uh, he's moved on, mate. Um, so thank you for your services, Dan. And certainly, uh, you know, for more reports, he was a great coach. All the boys loved him. Uh, certainly got us up and about, you know, during those um, you know, VFL final campaigns that he was part of. Um, so thank you, Dan. Um, going on to the players, you know, a couple of, um, you know, club champions, really. Um, I mean, not that they ever had, um, you know, finals or premiership success or whatever, but um, for how they um, represented the club was just fantastic. So David Zaharakis and Kale Hooker, um, two just outstanding um, people of the club. Yeah, again, great Essendon people. Uh, you know, David Zaharakis, I know, was uh, harboring ambitions to continue in his AFL career. Um, you know, potentially still might happen in, in the rookie period. I mean, they've still got up till, uh, what is it, January or Feb to make those last um, last list spots final, mate. Uh, but in any case, uh, thank you to you both for your services to the red and black. Um, yeah, with that, um, just jumping in about... Um, yeah, the SSP period, I think it's called now. The, it. um, yeah, so, but uh, I don't think there's any um, any prospect of him being on an AFL list next year. Um, and obviously, I guess for players that have played, you know, for so long in the AFL system, I guess you're never really ready to let go. Mm. So I'm sure he lived in hope for a little while, but, um, you yeah, know, I think he's 31. So, um, yeah, he's probably... Yeah, you know, he's had a, a great run. Um, his last couple of years were really tough on him. You know, in terms of he started to be uh, omitted a fair bit. Um, yep. But he's extremely loyal, and uh, you know, he barracked for the club as a youngster. So he's one of those players who got to live out a boyhood dream. Um, mm. And you know, so well done. And and for Kyle Hooker, what an incredibly loyal person. Um, yeah. You know, considering he came from WA. Um, and, you know, people forget uh, we were so keen to get uh, Josh Caddy one year. Um, mm. We offered Kale Hooker and one of our picks. And um, I've got to say what a great result that uh, that never went through. because um, <laughs> he, did, he didn't bloody answer his phone or uh, <laughs> and apparently he hid behind a door, so he wasn't, he wasn't budging. Yeah, that no, was good. So, um, yeah, thank you to those two guys, you know, yeah, great Essendon people. Thank you. Yeah, the only thing with uh, Zaharakis, mate, with uh, the whole Greenwood debacle, maybe there's a chance up in the Gold Coast. For <laughs> <laughs> but, but who knows? But, um, yeah, look, other departures from the club, um, you know, Irving Mosquito, uh, that, that's a really sad one uh, for mine. You know, this this bloke with a, a smile as, as beautiful as you could ever hope to see. Um, you know, he, he really lit it up in that Dreamtime game. Um, against the Tigers, uh, yeah, I still remember him just flashing in, picking the ball up off the deck. I think he had a bounce and ran in and kicked a goal. It was uh, just brilliant stuff. Um, so it's it really sad, you know. As soon as he had the injury, obviously he had the. Um, it, it's hard for uh, yeah professional players to um, yeah cope with long term injuries and. Yeah, particularly if you're very close with your family and all the rest of it. Um, unfortunately, he, he just appeared from the outset, not knowing anything. You know, 
um, you know, his mindset was more toward um, staying with family rather than reigniting his uh, AFL career. Um, but certainly, you know, from us fans, for the little time we had him, um, geez, he was an absolute beauty. Um, so sad to see Irving Mosquito move on. Um, Lockie Johnson, um, yeah, we, we picked him up. He was on the long-term injury list. Uh, unfortunately, he wasn't able to break his way into the side. Um, but, you know, good on him for having a red-hot crack. And that, that same sentiment can go for you know, Dylan Clark and Marty Gleeson. Um, I suppose for, for Dylan Clark, you know, this is a bloke who done everything right, um, you know, in terms of preparation, you know, apparently really professional. Um, yeah, the, I suppose the limiting factor on him was, you know, he, he just didn't have the speed and um, the question mark was always going to be his disposal efficiency. Uh, but yeah, the boys loved him. Um, the real um, popular figure among the group. Yeah, there's still the potential uh, for us to pick him back up again. But I, I dare say that that ship might have sailed given our, uh, our draftees. Uh, and as for Marty Gleeson, um, you know, this is a bloke who, you know, when he came onto the scene, you could see how well he read the ball, and um, you know, he, he was really dangerous with his uh, with his kicking, and you know, just his want to, you know, force the play at times. Uh, but then after he had that uh, ankle injury, mate, he was just never the same player. Um, you know, didn't have that same um, sort of bit of pace and never backed himself quite as much. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he leaves the club with, uh, yeah, a lot of us still respecting the work he'd done at the club. And certainly when he came in, even though he wasn't there, um, yeah, that standout player, um, he, he certainly was serviceable uh, at all times. So, yeah, well done any time with the Bombers, boys. Um, um, and there's another one, mate, uh, Ned Carl. Yeah, um, that's right. And that goes to show, you know, where um, he was playing round one with the senior side. Mm. And you'd think that the club had high hopes um, on him. Um, and it just goes to show... Uh, how quickly a career can end um, at AFL level. Um, and, you know, uh, yeah, he's still got opportunities. I think he's gone to Carlton to play in their BFL side. Yeah. Um, but just goes to show one minute, you know, in your second year of footy, you're playing in round one of the senior team. And by the end of that season, uh, you've been delisted. So, um, and I don't think it was a... Um, you know, again, not knowing anything too much internal in the club, but like there was no real rumours of him being, you know, uh, an unstable character or anything mm. like that. I think um, that just goes to show what a premium of list spots are. Mm. And, um, you know, if you don't have that point of difference that the club um, thinks will make it, uh, you know, will make an impact, mm. um, you, your number on the list can quickly go. Yeah, and that's the thing, mate, because, um, you know, one thing he was, he was never gifted with was speed. Um, plenty of talent by all, um, by all reports. I mean, we tried him up forward. Um, I think he had some skill there, but he just never seemed to, to pull the trigger. Um, and then we tried him down back. Uh, and unfortunately there, mate, he's, um, you know, while he you know, tried his hardest, it just wasn't a role that was suited for him. So... Now, what well on to uh, Ned Cale for, uh, for his efforts and certainly for more reports. He was a well-liked figure at the club. Uh, but, yeah, it's a pretty cutthroat industry, mate. Yeah, and another um, one that, um, you know, uh, who 
just goes to show you hard work can get you is uh, Patrick Ambrose. Yeah. Um, just a yeah, he, he was cruel by injury in the last couple of seasons, unfortunately. But um, there's a guy that you know as strong as a bull, um, and just you know did everything he could to stay on the list for so long. Um, but unfortunately, you know, just those injuries curtailed him. But he was such an athlete and um, so strong and. Yeah, I still remember that tackle on Brad Hill. Um, <laughs> yeah, I reckon Brad Hill yeah, lost where he, just, <laughs> where he just drove him into the ground and, um, you know, it was a real key moment um, for our win that day. So, um, yeah, we'll miss you, uh, Paddy, and uh, thank you for your efforts as well. Yeah, just, just on that, because like he, he came from the rookie list, mate. Like, he came from uh, playing local league, and I think he got a, got a crack playing in our BFL list for me. Um, obviously saw something in him um, and geez like he, he became a lock he became one of the sort of best lockdown defenders uh, in the league um, you know just prior to that injury so it's you know he, he worked his backside off and like you remember when he came in you still had the Brett Stantons of the world um, and uh, you know Paddy Ambrose came in uh, and I think he was the strongest bloke there and the fittest bloke there like he um, could run all day. Um, yeah, in terms of his physical strength, that was never, um, you know, anything that could be questioned. So, um, look, you know, in terms of hard work and uh, perseverance, he's, he's done everything. But unfortunately, he's, his body failed him in the end. But um, no, he was certainly a, a, a fan favourite. Um, old Paddy. Um, but look, going on to the good news now. So, for contract extensions. Um, so Tom Hurd and Kim McBride, um, so they both um, won one-year extensions. Um, so it'd be fascinating to see um, how they shape up. I mean, Kim McBride, I think he's on a cat B, um, so isn't really costing us a list spot. Um, same thing for Tom Hurd, actually, um, having come from the soccer background prior to picking up the, uh, the Sharon again. But... Um, yeah, it'd be fascinating to see how those two go. Uh, Tom Hurd, I heard at the back end of the season there. Um, yeah, everyone was saying he, he's he's got the talent for it, but he he um it's just the touch that you you just don't develop overnight. You know, it needs to be worked on for years. And um, you know, who knows down the track he might um, bob up as a handy small forward. Uh, well, definitely time. a spot there, mate. Um, when mm. you know, when you look at our recruiting. Um, it looks like at this stage, um, any small forward coming into the side is going to come from within. Um, so there's a spot for him if he's if he can prove himself good enough. Um, and you know, uh, yeah, we hope. We'd lovely to see the herd name back in the senior side, wouldn't it? So um, I'm glad that they've given him another year to see if he can achieve that dream. That's it. Uh, with McBride, you know, he, he's shown in uh, previous preseason games, he's a very versatile guy um, that, you know, when he, he's got a bit of run about him, um, has a bit of size, uh, but just needs to develop that game sense. Um, yeah, unfortunately, due to COVID, you know, there hasn't been a lot of games played where he's been able to straight his stuff, but, uh, you know, another year, who knows what he can bring. And, um, yeah, another good news story is Tommy Cutler. You know, we, we talked about it. Um, toward the end of the year there where, um, you know, mid-year we were all sort of saying, no, nah, he's done. Um, you know, put a fork in him because he, the, you know, the performances he was showing out of the field were 
um, of a timid player. Um, and what seems to have happened is, uh, you know, Ben Rutten and the coaching group has lit a fire under him and said, look, mate, you have all the tools to be a really good AFL listed player. Um, but if you don't perform, uh, you're out. And from that point, you know, we, we saw him almost transform. Um, you know, he's never got to be an overly physical player, but um, he you know, went harder at the contest. He used his height a bit more, his marking, um, used that run and carry a lot more. And um, he actually, uh, you know, by the uh, end of the year, like we all had him in our best 22, whereas, you know, prior to that, um, you know, he, you know, we were seeing him out the door. So well done, Tommy Cutler, for uh, proving us all wrong. I'm, I'm happy to um, eat some humble pie there. Um because uh, yeah, while we while we could all see from a physical attributes thing that you you had the tools, um, yeah, you you've really knuckled down and um, gone hard at it. So uh, well done to Tommy Cutler for uh, the one year extension. But it's on you again now to um, yeah re uh, I suppose go again and um, yeah, looking forward to see what happens because uh, you know a few other new faces we'll see um, shortly um, that'll keep that competition for spots um, pretty hot there. Uh, now, the other contract extension that happened over the um, off-season was uh, Jordan Ridley uh, extending his contract until 2026, which is an outstanding result, Jane. You know, I think we, we had him already signed up until, what was it, 2023? Might have even been 2024, but he's signed an extra couple of years and that's just a huge result. Yeah, and I'm told internally um, he's seen as a leader as well. So basically, um, because from the outside, he looks like a, a quiet type. Yep. But, um, yeah, there's some uh, murmurs that uh, they see him actually as a you know, future leader, um, you, know, you know, going forward with the types of uh, Andy McGrath and so forth. So it's uh, quite interesting, isn't it, because... Um, when you watch him, you don't actually see. Um, well, I don't. Is that not that pronounced to me? So yeah, it's mm. a, he must be. Uh, he must say the right things in the right places. Um, you know, and is held in high regard. Absolutely, mate. Um, now going into new faces now. So you uh, talk about that leadership, and uh, we've brought in plenty with uh, Dale Tapping joining the ranks um, of the coaches as, as an assistant coach. So he's uh, got to be our forwards coach going forward. So he's come over from Brisbane and, um, you know, I think they were saying he's, he's got over 13 years experience or so uh, in various coaching roles. So he'll be uh, a very good addition, mate. Um, and to add to Dale joining the, uh, joining the troops there, Brent Stanton comes back to Essendon, uh, this time as our VFL coach, mate. Yeah, after that traumatic experience of being at Carlton, um, uh, he needed to you know, get the Essendon blood back into him. So it's great to see that um, Brent will come back. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because uh, they used to call him Humphrey, mate, because um, he was so quiet. Um, and being a head coach, obviously, he uh, can't be doing that. So um, he's obviously developed. You know, a great deal. Um, so it'll be interesting to see some of our VFL games and um, hopefully, you know, with some uh, TV coverage, we can get a bit of an insight on how he speaks to the players and so forth. I'll, I'll be really interested in that. Absolutely. Well, uh, mate, just on that, one bloke who's not short of a uh, short of a word, 
Alex Rance. Um, so he's joined uh, Essendon as a development coach. Um, now, from what I'm reading and, and understanding, so it's a part-time role up until the start of the season. So I think, I've, I couldn't see it on the website, but I'm pretty sure his, his contract is only up until like March or or something like that, um, uh, which is interesting from, from many perspectives, mate. But, geez, watching the videos of him at training, um, yeah, you can you, know, you can't help but hear the the booming voice of Alex France pushing these boys on and uh, encouraging them and um, yeah, mate, he, he looks bloody fit. Uh, you know, he's challenging the boys to not even, not only keep up with him but to try and beat him. And um, tell you what, mate, uh, you know, while we all speculate that you know, you know, <laughs> there's. Um, you know, he's looking fit. Oh, I wouldn't be all that surprised if he does lace up if we uh, choose to use a, uh, a supplementary pick or um, even whether there's a you know, spot on on the list um, if there's a long-term injury, which, um, you know, isn't all that far from the realms of possibility. Yeah, particularly with uh, Michael Hurley. Um, obviously, uh, he's still recovering. He's uh, He actually did some stationary training at the club today. Um, Picking up pens and stuff. Or? Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, he was actually seen like you know basically walking the boundary line and so forth. But um, obviously still not in full training. But um, yeah, the club's still semi hopeful that he can uh, you know return to playing. Um, but they yeah you know, hesitant to put any timeline on that. Um, and you'd have to think that uh, you know, if he was not to be able to get up and was forced to. End his career, unfortunately. Um, you know, to have Rance, uh, particularly, uh, you know, playing almost the same kind of position, um, he might be one. That, you know, uh, much to Richmond's uh, displeasure, I'm sure, uh, if uh, we were to pick him up as a replacement. Yeah, it'd be fantastic, mate. But <clears throat> even if even if that doesn't come to fruition, um, just seeing him out on the track, like seeing him work with blokes like Cody Brand, uh, Ayers, like. Yeah, these guys get a huge amount just from his, his coaching, like the way he shows them, like this is how you position your body and all that kind of stuff. And look, I have to say from these um, those pickups, um, like it's, it's pretty huge uh, for what it shows the way the club is thinking, like we're thinking more strategically, like to, to get the most, best out of our players when you can set the best um, sort of coaches around them to support that. Uh, Alex Rance, um, you know, obviously... You know, all Australian, um, you know, Premiership player, all the rest of it. Um, he's he's been at the very tippy top of the um, of the AFL and um, knows what to be knows what needs to be done. And for our key position stocks, you know, we've got a lot of blokes that are developing in that area. Like you even think of your Zerk Thatchers, um, still developing. Um, yeah, so to have someone of that caliber to work with these guys is absolutely huge. Um, you know, Brent Stanton is a VFL coach. Look, mate. Um, yeah, he was he was absolutely a favourite of mine um, back in the day. Just how he worked, like his willingness to gut run and um, become another option, um, you know, in the play, and that's the sort of stuff. If we're talking about, you know, really instilling that blue collar culture um, on the ground, I, I think he'll be fantastic for that. So long as he uh, he can get his voice across, mate. Um, yeah, hopefully that uh, that Humphrey nickname doesn't stick around with him. 
Um, but it's uh, no, really great to see the, uh, I suppose, the, the club investing in, um, in high-caliber people to uh, help the maturity of our developing list. Um, and speaking of our developing list, mate, um, you know, in that off-season there, we picked up uh, delisted free agent Jake Kelly from Adelaide. That's a, uh, a good signing, I think. Um, we, we did struggle with some small forwards, and um, Jake can actually play on medium-sized uh, forwards and, you know, at a pinch, some taller forwards. Um, he's, but he's one of the hard defenders to beat. Mm. Um, the knock on Jake is he's actually he's, he's kicking. Mm. Um, you know, he's, it's not great. Um, but... Uh, he's improved that area just by, you know, getting it off to the right people. But, you know, his main focus will be to negate, um, you know, dangerous forwards. And, you know, and as I said, we really struggled with some of the small forwards in the comp. Mm. So, uh, you know, if he can, you know, do a great job there, um, it gets uh, some of our attacking players from that back line an opportunity to be more damaging. Absolutely, and uh, geez, judging from the, the photos um, and videos we've seen of the club at uh, pre-season training already, mate, he, he, he's an absolute beast. Um, the, the bloke obviously works hard uh, in the gym uh, and hopefully on the track as well, which I have no doubt. Um, and just hearing him talk, like he just sounds like a, a really well-put-together young bloke who um, you know, knows what he's about. He knows his shortcomings. Um, but he's very happy to take on that feedback to work on him. So um, now welcome uh, to the club, Jake. Um, yeah, and just on that, mate. Hmm. Um, yeah, 30 years ago, if you had have said we're going to pick up Craig Kelly's son, um, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have been too happy, uh, Mr. Pinchy Punch. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, obviously, uh, all's forgiven. Um, you, know, you produce an Essendon player. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan, Craig. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. So um, now going on to the onto the draft, mate. Um, you know, just along with that theme of new players. So um, with pick thirteen, our first pick. Um, I, I think we got uh, kissed in the proverbial here, mate, because we picked up a strong-bodied midfielder, Ben Hobbs. What do you think of him, mate? Well, I, again, um, I guess we only take the reactions of. The, you know, the recruiters and so forth because we you know, there hasn't been a lot of footy the last couple of years and mm. you know you just take the intel from them um, it sounds like he's one of the best pure mids available yep. um, and you know even early days he was linked to Gold Coast with pick five so um, before they changed to go for Mac Andrew um, yeah apparently he was key key in the um, Gold Coast sites. So, um, yeah, like to have a big bodied midfield, uh, um, you know, he's 183 centimetres. Yeah. Yep. So, some people, you know, they want that prototype, you know, the 192. But, um, you know, I think we've got to look past that because uh, some of the players he's kind of described as, you know, he has the potential, and I'm only saying potential. To be like a Joel Selwood type, you know, someone who's really hard at the contest who can, um, you know, get handballs free. And, um, you know, if, if he can work hard to get the footy and then release to, you know, your merits and shields and, um, you know, players that 
can really hurt you by foot. Mm. Um, and he's the workhorse. Uh, yeah, he, and he, he looks physically, mate, ready to go, you know. Yeah. Um, so obviously, uh, and he's uh, one of the great strengths, which is I was really happy to hear, was he's actually a real leader. Mm. Um, you know, Captain uh, Vic Country and, um, yeah, and Adrian Dodoro actually said, um, he's a boy that's going to add to our culture. Um, and when you talk about players like Andy McGrath, now we know Jordan Ridley, and then you have Ben Hobbs coming through. That's great. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Uh, and you can you can see it in just how he spoke, um, you know, to the media and uh, to the club. Yeah, just like for a kid that's eighteen years old, um, he just spoke with such maturity, um, and he really backs himself. That's what I really like about it. You know, uh, you hear him on the radio, and people say, oh, "Okay, what are you?" What are your strengths? And, and he's got no problems telling you his strengths. Um, you know, he's, he's hard at it. You know, he loves the contest, loves the physical stuff, um, which, you know, is just music to my ears as an Essendon supporter where that hasn't been our strength uh, for a number of years now. Um, so hearing that is just um, absolutely brilliant. Um, and, yeah, like you, you talk about the height thing and, you know, Salwood is around that 183 centimetres. So, um He's, he's not a monster, but um, no, I think we'll, we'll uh, see a lot of value from Ben Hobbs going forward. Now, our second pick uh, didn't come until sometime later. Uh, so pick 46, actually. And we picked up a bit of a speeds to mate and Alistair Lord. What did you reckon? Yeah, well, um, early days in the draft, you know, before our first pick, and it was interesting when Port traded up to just get in front of our pick. Hmm. Because uh, we were uh, linked to uh, Sid, who's a you know, really speedy halfback. Like, uh, um, so it, it sounded like there was a little bit of intel out there that we may have selected him. Now, whether Adrian was playing games just to get that perception, because obviously Adrian always sells it as we we're going to take Ben Hobbs anyway. <laughs> um, but uh, it was interesting that that was a position we were looking at. And then um, we we do pick up that similar type player um, you know, at our next pick, and you know, Alistair Lord, um, you know, he, he's had some injuries last year with his ankle, but uh, his speed is just off the charts as well. Mm. Um, and uh, interestingly, Adrian was actually saying that um, you know, he's a player potentially that could even play as a small forward, um, you know, but he's a he's a blank canvas like. Mm. play half bank, even on a wing or potentially in the forward line. So uh, when you've got assets like speed and um, you know, you know, agility, because his agility is really good as well, mm. um, yeah, yeah, it gives you some points of difference. And, um, yeah, obviously we don't expect him to play senior footy straight away. It'll be a bit of development there. But, uh, yeah, like, it'll be very interesting to watch his progression because um, – yeah, we always love speedy types at Essendon. But add to that, mate, like he's kicking. Um, yeah, I think it was it was even said like he's one of the better kicks, um, you know, for that sort of position. Um, and certainly from his highlight reel, that looks absolutely true. And what I've really liked about watching, and, and again, highlights reel will only show you the good stuff people do. But, you know, watching that, um, it was 
he just looks like a really smart player. Like he was able to, you know, draw the man onto him. Like he wait until that last split second, then release the handball, and then his man's free. Like he's got a few steps uh, on his on his defender, uh, which is really good to see. He's he's kicking inside fifty, which we know is a is a massive area of development for us. Um, was really clean and. Um, even though he was going 100 miles an hour, uh, he's kicking, you know, he just seemed to float it in the air for the forwards coming at it. So um, I, I personally wouldn't be surprised if we see him lining up, um, you know, probably not first couple of rounds of the year, but, um, you know, towards mid-season, um, you know, if he cracks in hard enough and, um, you know, plays with enough uh, sort of confidence at the VFL level, I see no reason why he couldn't come into the side. I mean, He's the kind of player who you imagine would be breathing down the neck of, you know, blokes like Ham or, um, you know, even even Cutler to a degree. Um, you know, Cutler's obviously got him for height, but um, for that line breaking ability, I, I reckon, um, you know, this Alistair Lord, you know, he's he's got it in spades. So we'll certainly keep, um, you know, Cutler honest. Um, so I, I thought that was a really good pickup. You know. I, I think it was around that, that stage of the draft, mate. Yeah, we had, uh, what was it? Collingwood jumped ahead of us and, and grabbed... Uh, uh, Arlo Draper. And- uh, Arlo Draper. And um, then it was... Ge- was it Geelong that picked up Zach? Um, no, I think that was... Was that Port as well? Like, uh, yeah, it could have been. Yeah, um, I think uh, yeah, a couple of players that we apparently looked at, and even Adrian admitted as such, were just mm. a little bit unlucky on the... On the on the draft, you know, because they got in before us, and try as we might, we couldn't do any trades to improve our position in the draft. So, um, yeah, like, you know, there's always hard luck stories. Um, but I was at that point of the draft, mate, when we took our third pick, um, uh, when we selected uh, Garrett McDonough, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, Garrett McDonough. Yeah, yeah. I um, I was like. We just picked up a 25-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, um, I was thinking, you know, oh, that's a rookie selection. Surely, you know, you'd wait for that for tomorrow um, when the rookie draft was on. But, um, yeah, now with the clarity and obviously, again, well, it's only our own perceptions when we have these thoughts you know, because we haven't heard much about them. And, you know, sometimes if you hear that they're that old, you think, God, you know, we're making this pick now, but um, after watching his highlights, mate, um, again, another beautiful kick of the footy. Mm. Um, and obviously, as Adrian Dodoro said again, you don't pick 25-year-olds to develop in the VFL. Um, they really think that, you know, you know, with the right training and, you know, potentially he could be playing senior footy early days next year. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like his um, his point of difference was his kicking, and um, yeah, he certainly looks beautiful. And um, obviously, has that mature body already, so um, you know he won't be uh, you know leaving any stone unturned. And I, I quite liked his story, mate. Um, you know, Essendon supporter growing up. Um, you know, obviously got looked over. Yeah, what six or seven drafts um, before finally getting picked up by the Bombers? Might have been six, uh, six in the end there. Um, but he he didn't give up on his dream. You know, he he kept at it. Um, you know, there was time there where he was thinking about, oh, maybe I'll try and go into NFL punting, and uh, apparently that fell through. Um, but 
you know, he must have a lot of, um, you know, mental resilience to, uh, you know, almost have given up your AFL dream and going, okay, I'll try this NFL thing. That doesn't happen. Okay, well, back to the drawing board again. So he went back to West Preston, won a couple of flags with them. It was apparently quite instrumental in uh, them jumping back up the, the leaderboard there. Um, so who knows, mate? Um, we might have picked up a beauty. It, it is interesting um, because, yeah, you'd imagine at 25 years old, he, he probably would have been there for the rookie uh, selection. I guess the difference there being, you know, obviously picked in the national draft, you know, he's got two years uh, to prove himself. Uh, whereas only the one on the rookie, from my understanding. Um, but we picked him up. And I guess the, the other thing I'll just briefly mention from the national draft was we had another selection at about pick 68, 69, uh, and we waited a long time to, to pass on that selection. And that says to me we were seriously considering taking someone um, with that selection. Uh, but we ended up um, passing, and with our rookie pick, we picked up uh, Patrick Voss, who's a bit of a uh, you know hard at it utility mate. Yeah, no relation to Michael, um, but interestingly, you could actually have Voss and Heard in the same side, and um, <laughs> you know, twenty odd years ago, you would have died for that to happen. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, no, he's a, he looks like a big physical specimen of a of a player. Uh, apparently tackles to hurt, um, you know, really powerful kind of player. Like the knock, he's not the most agile kind of person, um, basically runs in straight lines and, and so forth. So, um, but looking at him compared to the other draftees, even, you know, Garrett, um, he's a big body, mate. He's uh, He towered over the most of those players and um, you know, he looked quite wide in the chest as well. So, um, now he, he looks to me like, and again, not knowing much about him, he could be like a Patrick Ambrose kind of type, you know, where, um, you know, a big, powerful, strong person who, by all reports, is quite athletic, um, just doesn't have the agility. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he goes next year, um, you know, in a development year. That's it, mate. Um, no, but look, he's hard at it, and that seems to, you know, going with that philosophy of the the blue collar um you know playing style we want to bring into the club so um nah, good on you patrick and all the rest of the draftees uh what on your opportunity and hope you make the most of it we'll certainly be looking forward to uh you know the training reports you know we see through the club and of course through bomber blitz uh always very happy to read those um now before we go into other news mate i think we might um, have a bit of a break what do you reckon I just uh, lastly, mate, I just wanted to add, um, we currently have two spots available still. Um, and so obviously uh, Adrian Totoro said that he was going to send some invites out for uh, train-on players, they're called. So um, now the news tonight, mate, is uh, I was just trying to get this name right. Ronnie Fijo Jr. Uh, from South Australia, an Indigenous player, I think he's 19 years old, he... Um, he is going to be one of those players invited down. So that excites me, mate, because um, he sounds like he could be you know, talent. Um, admittedly, he's played most of his footy in the twos in South Australia, um, but apparently has some real uh, highlight reel uh, stuff and you know, real key attributes that 
yeah, they could help us potentially in a small forward position or you know, even later on in a wing. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if he does get the invite. Um, you know, Mitch Cleary is reporting that he has, so we'll wait and see. Um, we're expecting Dylan Clark to, to still train with us over summer. Um, but as you said, mate, with the recruitment of Ben Hobbs, I would say that ship may have sailed. And also, we've got the uh, curious case of um, Tex Wanganing. Uh, uh, here's another player that's been mooted to get a train-on position uh, over this uh, summer because maybe he was interrupted with injury in his draft mm. year, which is disappointing. But um, it is interesting that he's um, choosing at this stage, I believe, to train with us over summer. So that says a lot about intentions as well. So says to me he's very happy to be selected by us um, if we ever get down that route and, you know, privately, mate. Um, the only thing about having Heard and Voss in your side would be Adam Wanganee. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But, uh, yeah, still a lot to play out for our list. And Adrian did say that there's a fair chance one of those two free spots uh, will be saved until the mid-season draft because um, we've had a bit of success with that in the first two years, you know, so uh, Will Snelling and then, you know, uh, Sam Durham. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not opposed to uh, holding out for a, a third uh, roll of the dice. Absolutely, mate. Um, you know, I, I think we're in a really fortunate position now where, uh, you know, we've had enough development in the list um, from the years so far. The boys have come back in, in good shape and with good intentions to, to really, uh, yeah, crack into this, um, pre-season hard, um, you know, learn the game plan a bit more and attack the season uh, again. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting times to be a Bomber supporter, mate. Um, so, did you want to have a quick break before we get into the other news, mate? Yeah, we will. Um, we'll have a break. It's a bit of a long first uh, segment. But uh, as I said, we're making up some time because uh, we had that long break. So, uh, thanks for listening and we'll, we'll be back after this break. And you're back listening to Don's cast. And, mate, um, what are we going to discuss next? Yeah, well, I thought we'd uh, you know, wrap up the, the other news going around the club. So start off with the, uh, uh, I suppose, the club uh, club awards and uh, the comings and goings there. So uh, I guess, first of all, um, it was an absolutely brilliant result, um, Brownlow night, uh, when Darcy Parrish came top five, mate. Uh, 26 votes he polled there um, with Zach Merritt polling just outside of the top 10 with 20 votes. So excellent results for those two blokes, mate. Yeah, and for Darcy, you know, for so long, biding his time to get that midfield chance and due to injuries to Caldwell and Shield early days, um, he got that opportunity and, you know, it's hard to see him not being a key figure in that midfield group. So... Sometimes it's all about opportunity and then making the most of that. Um, and they had a tremendous season. Um, and he just, he just seems so much more confident, um, even the way he presents, you know, in front of the cameras and so forth. He's, he speaks like he expects to play well each week. And, um, you know, that's generally a key sign when a player's made that next step. 
Yeah, absolutely, mate. And, you know, I think he'd only um, ever polled, you know, maybe two or three votes uh, in his career up to that point. So fantastic for the young bloke to uh, to do that well. And obviously those two also got uh, All-Australian honours um, with uh, Stringer. You know, he made the top 40, but not the, um, uh, the full side in the end. Uh, but fantastic work from... All of those three blokes, and um, it's just great to see uh, our midfield operating as a cohesive unit, mate. Because um, that certainly hasn't happened for for some time. And obviously for Zach Merritt, you know, he not only uh, did well polling in the Brownlow votes there, but uh, he took away the Crichton Medal, and that's his third Crichton Medal, um, which is pretty bloody good as a twenty-five-year-old, mate. Yeah, and I think he's uh, finished second as well. So like, yeah, he's not far away from having four at such a young age. Um, and it just goes to show internally, you know, the club's voting structure is totally different. Mm. Um, and obviously the Brownlow is about being one of the best three players on the ground. Um, with the club's one, you know, it's about being a, a consistent performer and, and having a high um, standard all the way through. And, um, we saw with Darcy, his best games were um, just amazing. But you know, as he's developing as a midfielder, uh, he had to deal with a lot of tags and, mm. and some days they'd get him. Um, and obviously he would have been kept out of the voting on those days and that probably um, is where Zach was able to leapfrog him, you know, having a, a bit more consistency through some of his quieter games. He probably still would have polled some votes. Um, so... Yeah, I, I think that's a testament to Zach because, uh, you know, the defenders or the taggers generally are going to try and stop one of those two players. Yeah. Um, and I think where we go to the next level is that, you know, if we see Caldwell come in next year and he's an imposing type to get the ball out um, and we see Dylan Shiel, uh, you hope that he can have a full season, um, you know, and, you know, because... Before that, that he was the player that play, people used to lock on, lock down on because although his efficiency by foot isn't great, he's a real line breaker. And um, yeah, so once you get that strength in your midfield, um, they can't tag them all, and you know, they then have to pick their poison on who they're going to try and negate. So um, yeah, that's how you get better is when you have a, a really key, strong midfield that's hard to lock down on any one person to stop it. Absolutely, mate, and I think it's uh, yeah probably important for us to reflect on that uh, that voting system. Um, yeah, obviously there's a, uh, the Brownlows, and we saw the votes there, but then there's a, the Crichton. Um, but I thought I'd lay that up against the the Dons cast medal voting, mate, um, yeah. which is <laughs> interesting to see. I mean, uh, I think we reflected earlier that uh, yeah, Zachy Merritt, you know, we uh, we we tipped him, uh, so we got that one right. Um, and, uh, and Parrish as second. Um, you know, we also got that one. Uh, but it's from there, it differs a bit. Um, but if I go through the actual votes, um, so for the Crichton, um, you know, Zach Merritt polled the, the most with 420 votes. Um, again, that speaks to that consistency throughout the season, um, whereas he got that 126 uh, Don's cast medal votes. Uh, Darcy Parrish came second in the Crichton with 339 votes. 
um, came second in the Don's Cast Medal with 114. Um, third for the Crichton Medal, which I think was a surprise to a lot of us, um, was Will Snelling, uh, polling 315 Crichton Medal votes. Uh, he didn't actually poll in our top 10 at all. But in saying that, like, you know, given we, um, I suppose, rate based on you know, who we see the top five players, obviously the, there's a different voting there, but you have to also take into account the, the club looks at the, uh, the players from the role they're playing, not necessarily the, the standout on the match. Um, and we'd said throughout that, you know, Will Snelling, you know, he'd, he'd probably poll a lot more votes than we might think because he, it's those little things you don't necessarily see. They're not necessarily flashy, uh, don't necessarily win you the game, but they are important nonetheless. So uh, an excellent result there for Will Snelling. We actually had uh, Jordan Ridley uh, at number three with 90 Don Scars medal votes. He actually polled in at four uh, for the uh, uh, Crichton medal. So with 309 votes there. Um, and we actually got these next two more or less right different positions. But um, so Jordan really was four in Crichton. Um, we got him at three, but uh, four, um, uh, sorry, five in the Crichton was Jake Stringer with 286 votes. Uh, he was fourth in the Don's Cast Medal um, uh, with 63. Uh, the next was uh, in the Crichton Medal was Jaden Laverde. Um, coming sixth with 278 votes. So pretty pretty close there. Um, he actually polled at eighth in the Don's Cast medal vote. Um, and then uh, in the Crichton again, so seven, they had Kyle Langford at 253 votes. He actually polled in at number nine with the Don's Cast medal. It was just the 21. Um, that eight in the Crichton medal, you had Nick Hind with 223 votes. He actually polled a bit higher than that for us uh, at number five with 54 votes. Um, with the Crichton medal, Dyson Heppel came in at 218 votes. He actually polled at uh, number six for us with 32 Don's Cast medal votes. And uh, number 10 with the Crichton medal was Anthony McDougall Tipperwoody with 214 votes. Uh, and we didn't poll him in the top 10 at all. So uh, the differences for us, so the ones that um, you know, didn't make it in the top 10 of the Crichton but did make the top 10 for us uh, were McGrath uh, with 26 votes. So he came in at seventh. Um, yeah, mainly because that you know, really electric first half of the year he had. Um, so he obviously uh, missed out on the top 10 there, but... Um, no, he's, he'll come back stronger than ever. Uh, and the other one was uh, Mason Redman. He came in at number 10 in the Don's Cast medal votes with 19. Um, and again, uh, I'm sure he'll come back stronger than ever. Uh, so it's interesting to, to compare the pair, mate. Um, yeah, we did still did pretty well uh, to get eight out of the 10. Um, but uh, obviously different voting systems there. But uh, well done to all involved. Um, just running through the 2021 club awards. So the uh, Bruce Haymanson award. So the best clubman went to Kyle Langford. Uh, and that was fantastic to see because he's a bloke who's, uh, you know, <laughs> through his development, you know, he was in the side, he was out of the side. 
Um, but from all reports from the younger players coming in, certainly last season, um, Langford was one of those leaders around the club to get involved, um, you know, get him under his wing to, you know, learn about the club and uh, learn assistance of play. So well done to Kyle Langford there. The uh, Adam Ramanowskis most courageous player was Dyson Heppel. Uh, yeah, I think that was really on show, um, particularly in those last couple of the games, coming up to the finals there. Like he took a couple of marks going back into the pack, um, yeah, all sorts of stuff. And even the stuff we saw, like the, the club footage off the field, like the, the speeches Dyson would give uh, to the players. You know, I still remember that. What was it? Round two, round three, mate, when we got absolutely pumped. Um and everyone was coming off the ground, looking really dejected. Dyson got around him and um, was sort of saying, no, "Come on, boys, we're we're that close, like to, to actually creating something here." And and that sort of courage to um, to lead a side through, you know, disappointing times and um, you know, in, instill that sense of positivity, even when you're you're, you're losing with, with quite big margins there. Yeah, that um, speech, mate, just jumping mm. in. Mm. That was actually, um, if you remember, it was, uh, I think it was round three against Sydney. Um, mm. And we've been right in the game. Um, and they just came good at the right end, uh, Sydney. And um, I think that's why they look so dejected because yep. the game was on our terms. And, you know, um, we just dropped away at the wrong time. I think they kicked four or five goals at, in a row at one point mm. um, after we'd had a good jump on them. Mm. And then we'd left our run too late and we just couldn't overtake them again. And I think that's what his reference was. You know, well, it, it is close, but we, you know, that that lapse where we allowed the four or five quick goals, mm. that's the difference between us being, you know, on point to, you know, um, you know, missing the win. But you know, the perseverance is the most important thing. That's it, mate. Um now, the Matthew Lloyd leading goal kicker went to Jake Stringer. Um, yeah, fantastic year from, from Jakey, and he's looking in Rip and Nick again. So, um, yeah, I hope he gets another good season in. Uh, the Lindsay Griffiths rising star went to Archie Perkins, and, geez, that would have been a hard-fought one, mate. Um, yeah, he's got so much talent, Archie. Um, yeah, when, he, when he's on, he was really on. Uh, but that one would have been pretty tough between he and Nick Cox. Uh, but well done to Arch there. Uh, most improved player went to Jaden Laverde. Um, and yeah, who could contest that? Uh, you know, this is a bloke who everyone knew he had the, the tools to be an AFL list um, sort of level player, but um, yeah, through injury, lack of form, all the rest of it, he just wasn't able to consolidate his spot. You know, we tried him up forward and he, he'd do well for a little bit, but then almost go completely out of games and um you know, Truck backed him in, uh, said, mate, I reckon you're a player, but I'm going to chuck you down back. And the way he took to it, mate, was absolutely fantastic. You know, we saw him do some really big jobs for us, um, both on the medium-sized forwards, but even uh, on the on the bigger monsters. I mean, one thing he can do is he can read the play. Um, yeah, he did get out outsized on a, on a few occasions, but um, no one could... Um, yeah, questioned his his application. He was absolutely fantastic for us. Uh, so poised with the ball in hand as well. So, well done to Jaden. He actually also took out the McCracken medal, uh, Jaden. So, a couple of really well deserved um, uh, awards there. 
for the Verde. So well done to him and looking forward to another big pre-season and uh, season again from him. And the uh, John Kilby Staff and Trainers Award went to Mason Redmond. And that one, um, that, that's really pleasing to see because uh, Mason, again, he's, he's one of those players that like a lot of us go, oh, there's, a, there's a real player there. Uh, but last year, he just seemed to lack all confidence. Um, yeah, there was also the, the injury issue, um, which, uh, you yeah, know, obviously took him a while to, to overcome. Um, but, you know, he, he seemed a, a totally new player this year. Um, you know, obviously got around got around the club and, um, you know, made himself known as a real um, good clubman. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to another big year from Redmond. So, uh, yeah, well done to... Uh, all players involved there. Um, now, other awards uh, around the club. So we had uh, Nick Bryan uh, win the VFL Bombers Best and Fairest. And oh, that's an absolutely uh, huge result, mate. Now, uh, Nick Bryan, he only played the one senior game this year against Carlton. And I thought he uh, acquitted himself really well. Um, and I would not be surprised if we see quite a few more games from Nick Bryan uh, in the season to come. Because uh, yeah, he's put on a bit of size. He, um, he he really backs himself. This bloke and his agility around the ground seems uh, really good, and he can use a footy pretty well as well. Um, yeah, and it'll be interesting to see whether we uh, yeah, depending on our opponent opponents rather, whether we go a two pronged ruck attack. Um, certainly, I'd love to see a uh, you know Draper and Brian combo, mate. Uh, just just monsters and. Um, some other uh, other teams, um, but oh, that was fantastic to see. Uh, the VFLW, um, best and fairest. Now, actually, Georgia uh, Nanskowin, um, I think that's how you say it. Um, she won the VFLW, like the league, best and fairest. And, yeah, captain of the club, um, absolutely brilliant effort from, from Georgia. Um, yeah, everyone sings their praises and, um, yeah, fantastic to see you uh, get that well-deserved award. Um, and Mark Lanham was also named a VFLW Volunteer of the Year. So uh, some excellent work going down at the club, Jane. Yeah, and um, great to see here the, uh, the AFLW uh, licence has now been mm. given to us. So we've got that to look forward to. Um, I think it's the end of 20, next year, yeah. Yeah, end of twenty twenty-two. So entering the twenty twenty-three or twenty twenty-two, twenty twenty-three uh, season, I believe. So yep. um, it'll be great to see, um, you know, the ladies actually, you know, um, go into the AFL, uh, and all eighteen clubs will have a team by then. So um, it'll feel like a, I think the competition will grow from here now. I think. Yep. Uh, for many of us, like so, some of the big clubs didn't even have teams. You know, when you think of ourselves, uh, I think Hawthorne uh, yep. or West Coast. Um, so, uh, and it might be Port is the other one. So, like, you know, now that interest will really come into it when you when you have you know an eighteen team competition, um, and who knows, there might be an expansion of the the season, how long it goes for, because at the moment it's kind of like a part time kind of thing. Um, this might be heading towards, you know, a bit more in-season stuff. You know, we, we might have curtain raises and all. So, um, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see the development of the AFLW now that 18 teams will be entering. Yeah, and I'm really actually hoping that is the case, Jane, that um, yeah, they'll move more into the season proper. Because, like, 
personally to me, like seeing them play over the summer, like they only play six or eight games or, or something like that. Um, and to me, you know, you're not even playing each side once. Um, it seems a bit um, a bit crazy to me. I'd, um, so with more teams in the competition, um, you know, I'd love to see, you know, um, a longer season for the girls to really, uh, you know, show their wares and, um, you know, obviously over that time of year, everyone's uh, sort of you know, more into the cricket season. I don't think it's been uh, been done justice by how it's um, sort of been shaped currently. So I'd love to see uh, longer seasons for the girls and certainly um, for, for most of us, mate, seeing, uh, seeing anyone don the red and black. Um, more throughout the season, um, you know, I can't get enough of that. So, now nah, good on the um, on the guys for um, yeah, getting this getting this happening. And again, Josh Marnie um, has to be uh, yeah, thank for his work on on this project. Um, obviously, brought a lot brought across a lot of great experience from Melbourne, uh, and now we're seeing it come to fruition. So, fantastic work from the club. Um, now, in uh, yeah. In terms of the club um, and, and our performances, um, it was great to see a, um, uh, Cal Toomey did a couple of interviews uh, with Ben Rutten. And, uh, you know, it seemed he got some pretty candid insights, mate. Um, and he sort of acknowledged that, look, he, he acknowledged this, that, um, you know, he sees a really positive growth uh, coming in the, the performance side of our AFL side, like a, a steady rise in our... Uh, performance and our expectations around that. Um, but he does say that, look, it's not going to be a smooth ride. And, um, you know, the uh, trajectory of improved performance isn't going to be linear. You know, sometimes you have to take a step back to take a couple of steps forward. So there might be a, a case of that. But I think, you know, really coming out of that uh, that elimination final against the Dogs, um, you know, the one thing that really resonated with me, mate, is he said, look, improving our contest of possession is a must-have. Uh, and I thought that was that was really telling. Yeah, I think you can see even with our drafting strategy, um, you have a look at the players we've selected, apart from Alistair Lord, all three of those uh, boys coming into the club look like they've got bigger bodies. Um, you know, Ben Hobbs, you know, uh, Garrett McDonough, and also... Um, you know, Patrick Boss even, um, they certainly haven't picked whippets, if you know what I mean. Like, they haven't picked the, the lean, skinny kid who, you know, might take many years to develop, um, you know, a body. Um, they're looking for players that, you know, will hold their own over the footy. Um, and I think, you know, we saw in that wet weather the, in the final just how much the Bulldogs, you know, just had their way with us. So... Um, I think that's going to be a real key focus is um, building that contested winning position um, of, of winning the footy. Yeah, absolutely, mate. So um, no, it's, it's good to see that the club's uh, acknowledging our weaknesses and is looking to work on that. And, uh, yeah, certainly looking forward to, uh, to that progression. Um, now, obviously, the other side of it, mate, um, is... Yeah, next year is going to be the 150th year of the Essendon Football Club. And uh, to commemorate that, um, the, the club has put out a new commemorative logo. Uh, so basically encompassing all parts of um, Essendon and our previous logos and our history. Um, yeah, and that's going to be in our, on our Guernsey. Um, I think it looks, um, looks pretty good. But, 
yeah, I, I guess, yeah, maybe more, maybe it's just me or um, other people as well. But um, the other thing I really liked that the club did uh, was that documentary. So the Bombers, Stories of a Great Club, uh, that was on, uh, you know, uh, KO and um, I think it might have been on Foxtel as well, mate. Um, what a fantastic documentary. Um, you know, I guess <laughs> you're watching it and you're like, oh, like each episode was fantastic, like eight episodes, all fantastic. But um, for me, mate, I, I could have watched it all day. Um, you know, give me more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, it wasn't what I expected when it first started. I thought it was going to be like a history kind mm. of thing. You know, we'll start with how the club was developed and all that. And I know we've had documentaries before that's kind of gone across that. But um, that was almost my expectation. Um, and the episodes seemed to fly by. You know, they were finished before, you know, you knew it. Like you had to wait to the next episode. So, um, yeah, like obviously they were made, um, you know, to catch that 25 minutes of each per episode. Mm. But, um, yeah, it was a great history lesson considering, you know, basically covered the eras of, you know, 40s right up to, you know, to now. Um, you know, and, and I just thought that, uh, you know, it was a really good history lesson because, um, you know, there's a lot of things, even us diehard die Essendon fans, um, unless you're that old, you don't appreciate, like, you know, I really enjoyed the stories about Jeff Bletham because I obviously mm. had heard about him with his, you know, wearing the goggles, but obviously had no vision of him playing and just, um, yeah, that was good. Yes, yeah, it's it fantastic, mate. And yeah, hearing the stories and like the other thing the club did was those uh, yarns with halves. So um, you know, after each couple of episodes, they do a recap. You know, with uh, Mark Harvey and a few past players, or uh, and his story in there as well, uh, which I thought was fantastic. And I, I tell you what, mate, I want, <laughs> that last um, actually it was after five and six, uh, and they had Mark Harvey. They had um, Michael Long um, and Kevin Sheedy. Uh, geez, I would have loved just to see um, you know, halves, <laughs> halves and Longy talk about some of the stories from those days, mate. They seemed a good bunch of characters. But um, just the great insights uh, you had there. I, I think um, one thing I really appreciated um, uh, from an Essendon supporter's point of view is they acknowledged the um, importance of club figures, um, including your, your Bomber Thompsons, your James Hurd, um, you know, Gary O'Donnell, like all these guys who'd given so much to the club and um, who were all fan favourites. And I think, um, you know, obviously with um, with Bomber and Hurdy, uh, you know, they've, they've been sort of, you know, dragged through the mud and, uh, their names sort of, uh, you know, brought into disrepute um, a bit, which is which is really sad. But it was great that the club acknowledged the importance of those guys, uh, not only in our premiership years, but uh, just in the importance of the club as a whole. Um, and obviously for blokes like Gary O'Donnell, like like talk about you know guys who've done it through hard work. Um, he's absolutely the epitome of that. Um, and then talking through the importance of characters, you know, like Paul Salmon. Um, the acknowledgement of of Kevin Sheedy saying look, he was he was probably a bit hard on Darren Buick, um, you know the the characters such as John Barnes and 
um, you know, he, he was a bit difficult to coach, but, um, you know, you just loved him as a, as a bloke kind of thing. Like these are the sorts of things I love hearing. Like it makes you feel sort of involved in the club because, you know, we, we sort of saw him as players and uh, loved how they performed out on the ground, but to hear how they were as people and um, how they got around each other as, um, as a club was just um, bloody fantastic. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, like uh, one thing you did notice was that there were so many guests on the um, on the actual doco. Um, it was kind of sad to see Bomber not involved in the actual doco. Like apparently mm. he chose not to. Um, and you hope that's not because he didn't want to be part of it. More, um, you know, he doesn't want to be part of Essendon. It's, I think it's more just for his own um, how he feels at the moment. But um, yeah, like he. he he was such a key figure, especially in that uh, 93 era and obviously played in the premierships 84, 85, I think, also. Uh, so um, yeah, a, big, a big icon of the club in a way. Um, yeah, so hopefully Bomber still sees himself as a Bomber. Um, and, you know, um, but, yeah, all the stories were great and, you know, we acknowledge the saga. Um, mm. I, I really found that, you know, it always makes me angry when you relive those moments. Um, yeah. But just to hear Tim Watson, you know, a club champion, um, speak about the fears, you know, how is Joe going to handle as he gets older and all of this, you know, that was really, you know, emotional stuff. And, um, you know, um, you know, thankfully um, we've moved on as best we can. Like, you know, obviously always be a bit of taste in their mouth for that but um as a club i think we can only be proud of how we um you know many clubs i reckon wouldn't have been able to handle that as well mm-hmm. as us i think um one we we just moved on um and you know let's face it we were in debt um after those big fines and you know to come out of that it'd be debt free now um i think you're going to talk about our financial result but um mm-hmm. yeah we're debt free we have a $42 million um, training base, um, you know, the best in the competition, basically. Um, you know, to come out of that period and, and be in this position um, just shows, and um, it was acknowledged in the doco, just how strong our supportership and membership, uh, supporters and membership is um, and how we're stuck really uh, you know, side by side with the club through that disappointing time. And um, hopefully... You know, for our for our sakes as fans and, and the club, we start to see some fruits um, and, and start talking about being successful again. Absolutely, mate. Um, so yeah, we might as well um, go on to that um, yeah the financial result um, briefly. So uh, you know we recently released um, a report and um, have announced a strengthened financial position. Um, announcing a statutory profit of $8.2 million. Um, so that's made up of underlying profit from operations of 1.2 mil together with $7 million of donations and grants, um, which all uh, sort of directly went to the expansion of the NEC hangar development. Uh, and the underlying cash profit from operations is $5 million. So, um, yeah, the net assets of the club have increased to $49 million. Um, compared with uh, 40.8 million just last year. So, as Jamie said, uh, you know, the club is once again bank debt free. 
uh, and the expansion of the uh, fully funded $50 million NEC hangar is now complete. And what a what a huge uh, um, you know position to be in. Um, you know, it's just uh, incredible how the uh, the club is. You know, we've we're knocked back a fair way after uh, after the sanctions, and to see us climb our way back, not only to get back to steady pegging, but um, to have developed so far in those years. Um, look, personally, I don't think it could have ever uh, happened without the um, you know, with the workers' supporters and and members, um, and obviously, uh, you know, the heavy hitting backers. Um, you know, seeking uh, sort of grants from the government and all the rest of it. Um, it's just been absolutely huge. And as you say, Jame, uh, hopefully now it's not all about you know stadiums and and um, you know, developing the uh, you know, the, the premises. Now we we want and um, yeah, we really desire on field success. And uh, look, if this training establishment can help us get there, all the better. Uh, but that's. Uh, that's where we're at now as, as Bombers fans. We've uh, been starved of success for 21 years now. Um, and we certainly want to get back up there quick, smart. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the, yeah, the, the playing list, the, um, you know, the, the coaches, the board, everyone's uh, aligned in effort. And that's certainly something that couldn't be said um, in previous years. So um, no, I'm very optimistic there um, won't happen overnight, but it will happen, right? But, yeah. um, and just the other thing, mate. Um, I guess we saw, you know, what the club's next envision is, and that's, um, you know, uh, developing Windy Hill, um, mm. you know, a spiritual home. So, um, obviously, it sounds like there's a lot of uh, ducks that have to line up to get this across because there's many parties involved, but. They were talking about having a huge expansion of Windy Hill, um, making it like the the premier um, premises to play junior footy um, in you know, the EFL. Uh, sorry, Essendon Football uh, League, uh, EFD. It was a Essendon District Football League. Yeah, sorry, I've got that wrong. Um, yeah, so that was you know, obviously um, it'll re- it'll actually require the Bowls club to be moved, and um, I mean, that won't be... we know about the bowls club, mate. They just won't roll over. <laughs> that's it. Um, and they really made us look for the hangar. Uh, yeah, that's what ultimately decided to move us out to Tullamarine because they uh, dug their heels in and they, they weren't prepared to let us uh, expand on Winter Hill uh, with the room required, and um, you know. So they, they'll be interesting to see how much buy-in there is from them to actually get this up. Uh, also, the cricket club, Essendon Cricket Club is involved, um, you know, and obviously councils and so forth. So um, it's speculative, but um, I think that, uh, you know, it would be nice to see Windy Hill, um, you know, reinvigorated, um, you, know, just, you know, just by... You know, being looked after a little bit better than what it has been. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely always be our spiritual home. Certainly will, mate. Um, and, like, and also just on that, I mean, the club's strategic goal is um, you know, to basically exp- 
expand the, the premises uh, to become Australia's leading sports and community precinct, uh, which is huge. And, um, you know, even like that we've done the NEC hangar, but um, now we're, we've also become the shared uh, administrative and training home of A-League Club Western United. Uh, so that'll be for at least the next two years. Um, so, look, a, a lot of people won't like this approach, but I think... Um, there's a lot of benefits to it. You know, one of them that was sort of mentioned was, uh, you know, you, you'd be able to talk with people at the highest level of the A-League game here uh, and get their um, experiences of, you know, how they do coaching, how they do sports administration, all the rest of it. Um, so there's a lot of lessons we can uh, pick up from there. Uh, but the biggest thing I like about it, mate, is uh, we've gone into this partnership, uh, but both Xavier Campbell and Paul Brash have been very strong in noting that any agreements that the club go into are not to interfere or hamper in any way the club's goal to win its 17th premiership and beyond. So playing performance at the AFL level is paramount. Um, so any agreements we enter into isn't to sort of detract from that, which I think is really important to acknowledge um, because certainly there's a lot of people out there that go, bloody hell, the, the club's all about just, you know, spruiking and um, getting money in. And while that... Yeah, I suppose rightfully has been the case previously to get us back in a good financial position. Now, um, you know, the, the club is really focused on performance um, and we've seen that through the club's direction um, with, look, honestly, um, it goes from not only the, the game plan, but also like uh, signings as well as delistings from the club um, where, uh, you know, we're, really strong about, you know, creating this, this brand of, of who we are as a football club, what we stand for and uh, what we're aiming for and uh, to not shy away from wanting that uh, 17th Premiership um, at Essendon um, is, is fantastic to hear. And uh, another thing that speaks to that commitment, um, not just at the board level, but at the player level is, uh, you know, the boys hitting pre-season early. Um, you know, the, they sort of came to an agreement um, as a club that, look, you know, to be bundled out so well in the elimination final, that's not where we want to be. We want success. So they came to agreement with each other to commit to coming back early, and they came to an agreement with the AFLPA um, to effectively come back early but on a part-time basis. Um, so for more reports, you know, the boys have all made a pact uh, to learn from that elimination final um, and they've all come back in uh, ripping Nick, going by the uh, reports and photos, mate. Yeah, exciting stuff that, um, you know, there seems to be an alignment between the playing group and the coaching group, um, and you need that, you know, you need that buy-in, um, you need that, you know, passion, and, um, you know, if you've got that, um, you know, you're at least a chance, and, um, you know, look, our off-season this year, we haven't added, you know, big signing free agents or um, anything, you know, that we could potentially hang our hat on as being that next step in our improvement. So it's got to come from within. Um, so it's going to be the guys that are already there, how quickly they can develop. And, you know, um, I'm really excited to see uh, Baldwin. Um, you know, he's actually... You know, we've, we've never got that big key forward apart from Peter Wright, who's probably, you know, more likely to be a third tall up or, you know, um, 
it can be a dangerous option. But um, yeah, to have that key forward, Kane Baldwin, um, if he can come good after being, you know, speculative, uh, again, speculated to be a, a top five draft pick uh, as a 16 year old, uh, and then to go through two ACLs, one on each leg, um, and then we've stuck with him all last year. He's starting to build some confidence, and he looks like a really imposing type. Um, um, you know, and these areas of improvement could come from, you know, diamonds like that. Um, obviously, he's still got a long way to go. He's never played a senior footy, um, and uh, but these are the kind of players that might surprise and take us towards, you know, winning a finals first. So that's going to be our first target. Um, so. Yeah, so there might be some players that we don't uh, think of immediately, uh, you know, from prior years, but those uh, names from underneath might actually take us forward. So, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to is seeing, um, you know, how Trucks envisions, um, how much development he's going to put into the team he thinks will win us a final and ultimately a premiership and, um, I think he'll be very strategic about that and we'll, we'll get a real insight on that by his selections next year. Absolutely, mate. And just on Baldwin, I mean, uh, he sort of noted that having come back from those ACL injuries, um, he was able to come back and work really hard and played a couple of VFL-level games uh, late in the year and, um, yeah, kicked a, a few goals there. Um yeah, it didn't dominate by any stretch of the imagination, but just to get that bit of playback was uh, was was great to see. And uh, he sort of reflected on that recently in a, um, a little uh, chat he did with the club, uh, saying, you know, having played those two games, it gives him real confidence in his body. And I'll tell you what, mate, um, <laughs> based on photos and videos we've seen of Kane Ball, when he's a strapping young lad, um, you know, really strong. Um, everyone sort of says he, he just applies himself to everything. Like he's, he'd be there morning, noon and night if you allowed him to, uh, to keep working on his game. And um, so to see how he's applied himself to, um, you know, recovering his body and then, um, yeah, I'm sure he'll be doing the same with learning the game plan and all the rest of it. So, um, and even hearing him talk again, as a young bloke, he, he's so impressive. Um you know, he sounds a really mature young bloke. And I tell you what, mate, like listen to a few of these guys talk. There's been a, a total shift in how um, the the culture of the AFL, of the Essendon Football Club rather, um, has been shaped. Um, you know, just these, these blokes that just have leadership um, capacity uh, at all levels, um, you know, and, and in different ways. So you, you look at your McGraths, your, um, your parishes, your... Ridley's like all these guys all have leadership cap, uh, capacity, but in different ways. And I think that's that's really important. And to have it at uh, you know at all ends of the ground, you know, midfield, defenders, forwards, um, with that um, uh, with that level of leadership there, I think it's really important. I think it's going to stand us in good stead. And certainly, um, yeah, I think it should uh, really help us when. You know, come finals time, um, when the whips get cracking, who are the people that are going to stand up? If we have blokes that are, are sort of leaders uh, that can show the way, um, it's it's going to be a massive boon for us. And, um, you know, certainly I ex- I expect to see, um, you yeah, know, improved performances on, um, 
you know, who's going to stand up uh, under those high pressure moments. So I think we've um, we've drafted really well. Um, now in other news, um, so we've seen uh, directors Paul Brasher and um, uh, Melissa Green will be re-elected to the board, um, uh, which is great to see for another, uh, what is it, two-year term, I think it is. Um, and the only other bit of news made I, I got um, was, uh, yeah, the Victorian Wheelchair Football League. So the Essendon side there, we made it to the grand final, which is a fantastic effort. Uh, but we lost by just the two points, I think it was. I saw uh, Scooter um, tweet that one out. Um, so good on you, Scooter, for uh, uh, for following the guys there. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get the result, but to make the grand finals is absolutely fantastic. So well done to to all involved there. Yeah, all right. Well, um, I think we did a fair bit of catching up, mate, which is <laughs> good. Um, you know, it's uh, good to have an episode out there. Um, you know, again, we have a big... A big break um and look uh when you're in our position like we're basically um you know a low budget podcast mate we don't have any aspirations <laughs> of uh going on to be radio stars um you know we're basically just a couple of fans we admit that um uh and that's why we don't do patreon we don't do anything like that we we just like to talk about the bombers and we hope some of you enjoy as well so um yeah we we really uh would like to continue but at the same token um i guess when you it requires a lot of the dedication to you know commit to these times so ultimately um i guess our listenership will decide how long we keep doing this mate isn't it because yeah. um you know if you know if we can build that that'd be great um so yeah, please let us know if you are listening. Um, you know what you like, what you don't like. We've we've always been open to that kind of feedback, and um, yeah, uh, hopefully uh, we can go into our third season, mate. That's it. So um, for all of you listening out there, um, so if you do enjoy the show, give us some feedback, give us a rating, whether it's on um, you know, your, your Apple Podcast, the Spotify, whatever it is, give us a rating there. Hopefully get us out to a few more listeners. Um, uh, you can always catch us on, uh, you know, send us a direct email to donscastpod at gmail.com. Um, give us a, yeah, feel free to give us uh, feedback as direct as you like. We're happy to hear the good, bad, the ugly. Um, and certainly in terms of the ugly mate, you know, we've got good faces for radio, but, um, yeah, always happy to hear anything you know if you've got uh, suggestions on how we can improve the show whether that's uh, you know this segment goes a bit long or um you know nick talks too much crap well i can't probably fix that but um you know we're happy to hear anything um you know if people are enjoying it that's great because certainly we've been uh we're, we're big um big enjoyers of you know podcasts like the sash um you know lunchtime catch up these guys um so fantastic to Listen to those. This is just our way of, um, you know, contributing to the community in in some way, shape, or form. Um, so very happy to hear feedback. Uh, we're also at uh, Don's Cast Pod at Twitter, um, and uh, yeah, happy to hear anything. Um, so yeah, whether it's through a comment on Bomber Blitz or through. Uh, through the podcast app, whatever it is, um, send us some feedback. Very happy to hear it. Um, but 
yeah, happy to be back on the air and looking forward to ripping season for 2022. Yeah, so with that, um, thanks for listening and go Bombs. Go Dons.